Welcome to What's Left, the weekly political discussion challenging the mainstream left. I'm Eduardo Barca with co-host, teacher and socialist Andy Livson, uh, writer and teacher Jessica, and community organizers, community organizing socialist Kenny Cepeda. We are online at what-s-left.webnotes.com. Uh, you can find that link to our blog in the episode notes, um, wherever you found this podcast slash channel. Uh, please subscribe, rate, review, turn on your notifications, and share every episode where we've done this episode. Um, Kenny, so we we had some um, ideas for this episode, but this idea that uh, you had come up with to look at an article that was written by Christian Parenti, and um, which was a very long article, which is good, um, uh, which was an autopsy of, of COVID lockdowns uh, was suggested by you. And maybe if you could introduce it, it would be best you just tell us why you thought it would be important to, or for us, or worthy enough for us to discuss. Yeah, so um, well, the article title is, um, well, it was published on the Great Zone, right? Um, and the article title is, How the Organized Left Got COVID Wrong, Learned to Love Lockdowns and Lost Its Mind. Autopsy, and so I mean, just just from the beginning, you know, like uh, it kind of provoked like a question for me, you know, like like so he's saying that this thing is dead, you know, that it, it's kind of we're looking at post mortem, right, of what happened, and um, so I mean, in a way, like I'm I'm trying to figure out where I stand, you know, in terms of like, all right, so my life has eased a little bit. Right, like all that anxiety that I, I went through, and I mean to be completely transparent, right? I I got vaccinated. I, I'm one of those people. I was forced to, you know, we recorded an episode for that, and uh, to be transparent, it's facilitated, you know, um, uh, some access to certain places. Um, you know, it, and it, it took a toll on me emotionally, absolutely. A lot of relationships are still broken. You know, a lot of people, I still stand by what I said, what I what I think happened uh, through COVID. I actually feel vindicated in many ways, you know, arguments that we were making, right? Uh, about the vaccines that, you know, they never stopped. Transmission, they were never designed for that. Uh, we don't know the long-term effects. Uh, there's a lot of obviously data that's being held back or manipulated. Um, and, you know, so, my my question is like you know when we read this article i guess at the end we can maybe can answer that like is this thing over like should we reassess where we stand about you know these covid passports the fourth industrial revolution because in this article like there is no mention of that you know the fourth industrial revolution i think it does very well at explaining a lot of things that did happen that i do agree with you know like hospitals making money right from the basically as uh, subsidi- the government subsidizing uh, what hospitals were losing. And, um, you know, also people like Noam Chomsky uh, losing their f- fucking mind, you know, and, and asking for people to be removed from society like many other leftists inciting with the state. So, um, so I guess that's kind of my big question here, right? At the end that I want to answer uh, is to see where we stand you know, to kind of reassess, uh, you know, what's happening with COVID. Ukraine has taken over, you know, um, the uh, creating paranoia for people uh, and, and uh, 
COVID uh, uh, topics are being uh, pushed to the background, but they're still there. You know, if you are actually listening, if you're a person who knows what's happening, I think you know that it, this hasn't died, at least, uh, I guess, to answer my own question, that's like, this is still present for me. You know, I know it's still looming for me personally, even though my job currently, they're not harassing me and I don't, I don't have to wear a mask. I, 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 I'm still anxious. I'm not comfortable. I know that they're gonna squeeze me again put me into another, in a position where I'm gonna have to make tough choices. And so I guess uh, from, you know, uh, from there, you know, I, I just wanna, I'm curious about your thoughts on, on this article in terms of, you know, what kind of arguments they're making, things that maybe stand out. Um, and maybe maybe we can start with that, with like things that stand out, um, where, where maybe you do agree with the article. Um, maybe we can go around. Um, I think this article has done what we have already done in so many episodes up to this point, but with all these annotations, with all of these footnotes, which is great. And for anyone that has any interest in where is the proof or whatever for liberals and progressives who really want to see citations, I think this article will provide you this, even though it's in the gray zone, which is a blog for like, I think, I read somewhere like fringes, a little bit fringy. Anyhow, it doesn't matter to me. The point is, um, this is for anyone that wants to have all the um, ways to, uh, you know, combat or debate or to cite um, studies or 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 anything that you, people have said in the past, from Twitter to science to Fauci to CDC or how it reversed, how it didn't, how it changed the history, the timeline, everything. Uh, even though you'll still find yourself realizing that person will not be persuaded, no matter what. Here it is. This is the article for that. Uh, no mention of the fourth industrial revolution, of course. Uh, I think uh, um, what I think, um, what I think Christian Parenti does, I've seen him in, in uh, Democracy Now!, he wrote a book on climate change and the global south. And he's been interviewed by Juan Gonzalez and Amy Goodman, and he showed up there. And he's also uh, very well known amongst leftist circles uh, persona. Um, and his father's a scientist as well, I think. I, I forget. But um, he, he does a very good job of, of knowing his base, knowing how to talk to them, knowing what they're looking for, and knowing how to debunk what they say what they they believe in and also just asking them to pose the question over and over like this is what you stand for but then how do you not see that it's change or how do you not see that this is counter to our ideals as the left that is what he does and I'm so uh, you know that's what I think he is um, he does a very good job by this long article no it's, he just completely does this wonderful good job of putting all of our episodes into one article, but missing other parts too, no? And so I really appreciate that. Uh, and in, in, so the other thing this does is, I think as I was reading it today, is the, I got a lot of feelings, a lot of anger. Again, I think just the upsetness, the frustration came up for me as I was reading this because it's so 
clear and it's so in your face how do you not see it it's all of my friends from facebook from instagram from every one of my friends not just i don't mention them like people i don't the, i don't have a lot like most of the people that are on my facebook are people i know in real life from either from either people in mexico from either in europe or people in it's mostly in san francisco that the, that the algorithm seems to target the people who read my stuff because I don't know it's I'm living here or whatever but these are the people who I know personally face to face and anything I post is just considered anti-vaxxer anti-vaxxer anything I say is is just dismissed and this this is exactly some of the the, the language he uses makes me feel I just want to throw that at them the things that he says it in the way I you know from lap, laptop workers and I say bed to desk commuters, you know, and just the things that he says about them. And it just shows how much we've moved from, and we've talked about this already, you know, we've, we've moved from this 60s era leftist, uh, you know, questioning government, big brother, to this all embracing tattletale, uh, tell on your fellow workers, uh, uh, um, uh, more of a leftist ideal I, or change in the way that we do things. No, it's just everyone is policing like they policed Andy, and it was a teacher who policed on Andy about um, the 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 um, the the park outing that you had with your students, Andy. You know, hear your own colleagues uh, saying uh, where you bit because some students were talking about it, and then the teacher decided to tell administration. So this is what we've become. And so uh, that's the way um, I just, it just brings up a lot of feelings. Um, that's the first thing that, the second thing that came to mind, it was, it was just like really hard and heart-wrenching because I don't know, I'm still dealing with maybe some resentment. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Anyhow, those are things I think that's um, uh, initial, uh, initially uh, stood out for me. Of course, there are details, and we can delve into the details later. But that's my initial thoughts. Okay, so I read I read the article when it I read it twice. I read it when it came out, and then I reread it last night with a little bit more focus to prepare for this. I don't know. I mean, I I'll, I guess I'll preface my thoughts by saying, on the whole, I thought it was a I thought it was an excellent article. Um, I agreed with a lot of the basic sentiments and I think the sort of main point that he's trying to argue which is about sort of the left and well yeah about the left and sort of especially the uh sort of foresight um predicting that this is gonna come back around and um you know they're gonna be I don't know if they're gonna regret some of the policy policies that they have enacted and cheered on, but um, that it's certainly going to come around, you know, the other way. Um, I mean, in, in a lot of ways, like this is such a perfect article for the gray zone, I think. Um, I mean, I read the gray zone. I, uh, I've actually learned a lot, especially in terms of like foreign policy, you know, their coverage of Syria, their coverage of Central America, I think has been really good, like very anti-imperialist, 
like I wouldn't I don't know I wouldn't call it a blog like I would say it's real investigative journalism um I don't know I, I always have to kind of like if you read a lot of you know like uh Vanessa Bealey and Eva Bartlett and Corey Morningstar um Whitney Webb of course like I I think if you go back and read some of the gray zones coverage of both foreign policy and the COVID stuff like they pretty like blatantly pilch work or they did at least. Um, so I always kind of, I don't know, I have kind of mixed feelings about that. And, and Blumenthal, right. Who heads it up was like very late to the party, uh, like very late. And I think he's given, you know, some, some reasons for that. Um, I'm sure it's not easy, but whatever. I mean, I'm not one to, you know, however long it takes you, like if you're coming, if you're coming to the our side, great. And I think he's actually been a pretty, uh, valuable voice over the past, I don't know, year, maybe, maybe not that long. Uh, I did watch his speech on, um, at the weekend at defeat the mandates. And I thought it was fantastic. Like it was super pro worker, like, um, just a really like, just a great speech. So I would recommend, I don't know. Anyway, uh, we're not talking about Blumenthal, we're talking about Parenti. Um, um, but it was, it was like a very, um, he was, you know, I mean, defeat the minutes is a lot of, I mean, they had pretty diverse speakers, but it was a lot of, you know, right-wing, uh, framing and stuff. And he, he, his was great. Like it was, you know, he was like, this is not socialism. Like this is corporatism. He had the crowd chanting, um, let them work. Uh, and he talked about Julian Assange. It was great. Like it was a really good speech. Um, and I've, 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 you know, read and, and followed some of his work on COVID and it's like, I'm, I'm glad to have him on our side. That said, you know, I do think like his work, the gray zone, and then definitely, definitely this article from where I'm sitting and like where the conversations we've been having over the past, well, year for me with you guys, but you know, two years, <laughs> like some of us fucking knew something was up from day one. Um, I don't know. Like, I just felt the article walked the line in so many different ways. Um, some of the premises that just kind of get like, I don't know, we can, we can get into some of the details. Like I have some examples that I highlighted, but ah, yeah, I mean, from where I'm sitting, I, I felt that it like really, I don't know, there was just some omissions and assumptions that I just were not, I didn't feel that it provided like a, totally accurate picture of what's of what's gone on um despite the fact that I you know I mean it's not like any article is going to be comprehensive however long it is and I will say like some of the ways in which it touts the line uh are the very reasons that like I'm probably gonna send this article to my parents who are very you know cuckoo for COVID still um and I think like kind of like you were saying Eduardo like for an audience, like probably a gray zone audience, like I think it's it's really well written, uh, very well sourced, of course. Um, but I mean, I don't know. Have you guys read like Michael Parenti? Like I, not that we should always, you know, I'm sure it's a really hard like father to live up to. But um, if you go back and look at his work, um, I kind of couldn't help but feeling like, uh, like, hey, Christian, maybe you should go back and reread some of your father's stuff, you know, especially when it came to the sort of 
pretty definitive statement he makes it like I'm not charging conspiracy I think he said like I'm not charging mass fraud and I'm like really because I am and even if we just take the numbers that he provides like the reasons he provides in the article uh how can you not so yeah I I I couldn't help but kind of read it in in the shadow of his father I suppose yeah I mean um I'm glad Eduardo you said like how you felt about it because um when I first read it I was like I was happy you know I was like oh man finally because I know I'm familiar with Christian Parenti's work I know that he he's touched on all the areas that people who are <laughs> kind of the left that's in love with identity politics and the left that spans from the democrat from the left wing of the democratic party into the into the revolutionary left all of them he's one of theirs you know um so the fact that christian parenti was writing an article whose intention was to say what the hell is wrong with all you like that was the thrust of this article he was talking to the rest of the left that is enamored of him he's he's written articles about the police and about the racism of the police he's written about racism in south america he's written about global warming um and he's and a new recent recent thing about economics and resurrecting alexander hamilton i'm not so sure about that but whatever i know less about that but this guy he's like on the left and everyone knows him and he's all looking back at all his friends and all the people who know him and saying you have totally fucked it up and not not just in terms and in terms of surveil he he lists it out like let's what is he uh you know, uh, for, for the last two years, the left has championed policies of surveillance and exclusion in the form of punitive vaccine mandates, invasive vaccine passports, socially destructive lockdowns, and radically unaccountable censorship by large media and technology corporations. Um, and he basically say, accuses the entire left, not only of not waging a fight against the capitalist state or against the uh, technocratic elites, but actually assisting them, saying you have gone on their side. And so I think that's meaningful. I, to me, that was like, oh, good. Okay, you know, he's one of theirs. I've never felt fully comfortable. I mean, I've called myself on the left, but I never felt fully comfortable in that milieu because I've been, as a radical leftist, I've always not been so, I have struggled to know how to deal with left reformists. Um, and, um, but he he's one of them and he's saying that. And so he wrote an autopsy. He and he and So an autopsy is about something that's dead. and. I wonder if he actually believes the left is dead, which I, I'm willing to believe that because I think we've, when, when, um, who is that black? Cornell West. Cornell West. When Cornell West went after and said, I'm going to vote for Joe Biden. We had an, we had a episode about that that basically said it's over. It's a wrap, right? We basically said, <laughs> so it's done now. It's like, you know, and that was before COVID. Um, uh, and then when COVID hit and went, it was like, okay, now it's really dead. <laughs> you know? um, and the left went the way it went. It was, oh God, now they're coming after us, you know? Um, so I, I look at what Christian, my, on the positive side, and I've, I've been feeling kind of positive these days. I'm not entirely sure why. Um, I know that in Workers and Students for Choice, we've been having some meetings about like, what are people like really feeling bad about? You know, just trying to let people get out that poison. And um, I haven't really had that much of, of late. So part of me goes like, okay, this is like, this is like uh, Eduardo has been helping us grow plants. So this is like a dead body, which is the left 
on the ground, degrade, it's, it degrades itself. And then a little sprout shoots up where it was, you know, and maybe that's, that's what I'm trying to think of this as is like, maybe this can be part of, of a, of a left kind of joining with the rest of the party, you know, which would be a good thing. There's a lot of debates to be had on people fighting against the fourth industrial revolution, against the metaverse, this stuff around transgender stuff, transgender versus transhumanism. There are important discussions that I actually believe the left could, the, the historic left, the legacy left could contribute and would have to be shaped by because the other people, the libertarians and people who are more conservative have something to say on all these issues that the left has to listen to and hear and is going to have to acknowledge some of the truth of some of the elements they say while saying, no, but I disagree with you. So I, I welcome that process. And I, I hope this is part of that process. Um, I do agree with Jessica that it's interesting how he almost like he, he constructs an argument as if there was no critique of this whole thing that's been gone on. And yet he knows about it because Max Blumenthal has been He's stealing the stuff from people and writing it in the gray zone. And I got no problem with Max doing, I mean, I don't have a problem with it. Maybe Whitney Webb does, but you know, he's, he, when he was, when they were writing articles about the digital passports, they were taking up this question of the fourth industrial revolution and the world economic forum and things like that. So are we, am I supposed to believe that Christian Parenti hasn't read any of that stuff? I don't know. He's, but nevertheless, I agree with Jessica and I actually told this to Brandy because she has some liberal friends who still won't move on this stuff. This is the perfect article to send them. It's like so comprehensive. It's like, here, here's a friendly, you don't have to worry about hearing about conspiracy or anything like that. Although you, you are, once you go that walk through there, you are going to have to come and join us in the, in the people talking about conspiracies and the people trying to identify what that conspiracy is and the people trying to stop this world that's being constructed. Um, and I actually do believe that if they read that Christian Parenti thing and started to walk through that door, even if they never heard about fourth industrial revolution or AI or uh, social impact investments, or even critiques of global warming that, un that recognize that they're going to use global warming to shove lockdowns down our throat, um, then those people are going to, I do believe they're going to have to come into this world because that's the thing that I think people are holding people up. They know if they crack that door and start to question a lot of the things that, that Christian Parenti is starting down that road, it leads you down a slide. And I believe he's going to, I personally don't think he's just going to hold himself right there at that point of refusing to acknowledge the actual reasons this is happening. Um, instead of talking about big pharma trying to make profits, like it's FDA capture, or even that it's, it's related to just Trump, you know, and Trump derangement, derangement syndrome. Um, which I'm, at least there's this person on the left who is willing to acknowledge that the, the fascism is is not like all over there. But I wish he would acknowledge that. Well, look, it's coming. It's actually coming in through this door, not that one. Um, but that's not even the largest point. So I was largely happy about it. But once you once you read more from th those of us who've been doing what's left, you I personally start to see all the parts that are really fall short in terms of. Um, really preparing people to understand what's happening. In addition to not answering the question, why did the left, how could the left go two centuries of pro-worker fighting for rights and then suddenly flip? I'm sorry, it, it's not about Trump. And and that, he does not go deep, in my opinion, he does not go deeply deeper enough into that explanation of how the left went literally, in his mind, 
200 years of fighting for fighting the fight and then suddenly flipping doesn't make sense yeah i mean just to really quick and kind of you should go but i thought he put way 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 too much emphasis on trump derangement syndrome like i'm sorry but trump is not was not that powerful like yeah it's absolutely tds was a thing but i mean come on like oh and can i just say one thing and this is something about max blumenthal and i think i suspect christian parenti there is a brand of socialists that in a sense sees china saw former soviet union saw cuba as state-run socialism that it's got problems, but at least they're trying to, you know, do something like saw that as some version of socialism. So the fact that most of those folks never mention China, which which is a gigantic author of the, the, the way this whole thing has been done, uh, tells me that they're trying to just carve this thing out and talk about COVID as if it's only the United States. There's a gigantic global process taking place here. The least you can see in terms of the vaccines with Sputnik and Sinovac and AstraZeneca. I mean, it's we've been talking about it as imperial, you know, land grabs and body grabs. They don't even he doesn't even mention it. So I, I actually think his version of socialism is trapped in that old standard of like, don't want to critique China because that'll be defending U.S. imperialism or, you know, and it's like, dude, there's nothing. There's nothing, there's no there there. There's no side on either side, which we talked about before. And there are a whole set of socialists that have often supported China, supported the former Soviet Union, supported Cuba as some sort of socialist alternative that could be there for workers somehow. And I just had, it's because you spoke about China. I think that's exactly what we should be looking. I mean, you should be looking at everywhere. You should be looking at what's happening in Russia. You should be looking at what's happening in China. You should be looking at what's happening in the USA. And every part of the world that is embracing this, and we're going to discuss Mexico and Jalisco's. But I think that China, and, and that's what I, well, I don't know, fringy could have been used or not used, whatever, but for the gray zone, it's that I think that some of the critiques have been around being um, back in Assad or Kremlin, pro stuff like that, no? But back to China, he didn't mention it. And just last Last week, I was listening to some podcast. I don't remember exactly which one, but and there was a drone in Shanghai because of they, um, they're doing lockdowns because only a few people get COVID. And then you have to shut down the entire town or city, et cetera. And so in Shanghai, they set up these drones with loudspeakers and they tell residents, and this is the scary part, not to protest the city's latest COVID lockdown. And they have this video shared and I tried looking for it right now, but I, I can't find it. And I should have prepared with it, but I just found this article with like they, that was viewed over a million times because people were singing. Right. And they, the shows the drone flying over residential buildings after some people went to their balconies and sang to protest the lack of supplies during the lockdown. And this is what the, the drone says, you know, it's please comply with COVID restrictions, control your soul's thirst for freedom. To not open your windows and sing <laughs> with the drone's female voice, you know. So it, <laughs> this is a drone. Like these are robots. These are this is the future, right? And so of course we should look to China because it's it's they're ahead of the game. But that's that that's just going to happen. That's what we're accepting. That's exactly what we're 
we're looking forward to um, the left, it seems like, um, for us to, to have here. And I guess just to jump from all that, like that's where I, I had a big issue. Um, I didn't know he was uh, Michael Parenti's, you know, offspring, which even bigger critique for me at least, I mean, it's unfair, but um, <clears throat> it's just, um, again, it doesn't contextualize this in the big, the, you know, like the, the bigger scheme of things, the global forces that, you know, that are uh, uh, fighting each other, you know, because this is about Ukraine too. You know, this is about Syria. This is about Obama and the war, you know, the droning. This is about geofencing. You know, this is about um, our future. This is about nuclear war, <laughs> you know. Um, and so I, I guess I see why you were saying that, you know, it's a good like article to initiate some people. I guess I'm annoyed because I know that I'm a bit on the other side, you know, because we've been wrestling with this, you know, for two years, uh, you know, going, swimming against the grain. And so um, I do hope that maybe there's another article that comes a follow up to this one where it contextualizes things because, but even just this article itself, um, the way, that's why I'm so disappointed because the way it describes socialism, that, that was the first trigger for me. You know, that, that the, the, the goal is to use the state. So the, the, he is advocating for the Chinese model of socialism. That to me is not socialism, right? We, we talked about it before. It's democracy from the bottom up. It's not imposed from the top down. It's not Bernie Sanders. It's not Ocasio-Cortez. It's not Ortega in Nicaragua. It's not Castro in Cuba. You know, it's not, it's not the Chinese, you know, uh, Communist Party, you know, dictating how shit is run. It's workers in power, workers running shit democratically. And so that was a massive red flag for me from, from the way he views the world. The, and he even talks about workers need to focus on ameliorating, the, you know, the working conditions, basically. And all this sounds reformist to me. This is the shit that I'm fighting against. This is the shit. This is the debate that uh, Bernstein and Rosa Luxemburg had in Germany, right? Uh, you know, like the, the massive differences of of seeing the struggle for against capitalism. You know, that it is, is, it's not superficial, it's a fundamental difference to me, you know, and, and so that's why it's concerning that, you know, this person is the voice, you know, that people will listen to. Um, and, and I'm okay with um, having disagreements, right? That's, we have to have debates, we have to have open debates. Um, but we live in a, in, in a society where people like him, you know, people like Noam Chomsky have a massive influence on people, so I don't know how to move from that. I get it, you know, it's a way to introduce people to what we've been saying, I get it, you know, but how do we move from that? Because like, you know, like, where are the conversations about socialism? I completely disagree with him, you know, because then from that, you know, he moves into um, being very nice to, he's too gentle, honestly, on, on policy. You know, like government policy is what caused this thing to go bad. And we should be fighting for good policy, essentially, is what he's arguing. And I completely disagree with that. If you don't understand that this is capitalism or call it cor corporatism, you know, if you don't understand this is what we're fighting, it's not good policies. If you don't understand how deeply, fundamentally, you know, the system is not even corrupt, it's built to run this way. Because saying that it's corrupt is assuming that it can be righted, you know, 
And so that is a reformist mind view, uh, mindset to me. You know, that's how that's my that's why I don't agree with you know like this bad policy or or also he um, at one point he puts it on Fauci that Fauci did a power grab. No, Fauci was appointed and put in that position exactly to do what he did. Fauci is not a mastermind of this shit. He's a fucking puppet. You know, you know this shit goes way higher than him. And yes, there is a conspiracy. This is where I wanted to go back to that point, Jessica. Where, you know, he is cautious about saying, you know, I don't want to be conspiratorial. And like he's succumbing to, you know, honestly, the vicious uh, quote unquote left that is going to come after him. You know, because he he's playing down to that, um, like, censor, it's tool of censorship to call someone conspirational. You know, this is a massive conspiracy. It's been done in mass. It's been done by China, by the U.S. They're all playing a game. They're all, you know, looking after themselves. Uh, but that's why I have an issue with this article. I'm not so optimistic. I actually, I was a little, you know, and again, I'm annoyed because I already know a lot of the things that he was going into detail. And I get that some people need it, but like the master argument, the overall argument, yes, the left got it wrong. Okay, we agree on that. But what is happening, he, he, he was good, I guess, at how, I guess, but not the why. He never responded, answered the why, you know, and what is happening. And that's what we've been trying to do on this show, you know, and, and we have arguments about it, right? That is related to the fourth industrial revolution, to the World Economic Forum, you know, to, the limits of capitalism and it has to reinvent itself, right? To digital identities, to um, geofencing, to data mining, uh, to blockchain, you know, and none of this was even hinted at. And that's what I have a, a big issue because it's not even hinted at. It, 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 again, this, this appeals to the reformist left. And, and, and that's not who I wanna go to war with because we're gonna end up in the pocket of the Democratic Party. Can I say something about the like the conspiratorial thing? Um, so, well, let me just so because I highlighted the line where he says, "Okay, so this is what he actually says." In the article, says, "I'm not charging conspiracy or mass fraud, although there have been a number of indictments. Rather, I'm suggesting that the policies described above arrived at a, arrived at in an uncoordinated and ad hoc fashion by different branches of government." during a confusing moment of emergency created significant economic and bureaucratic incentives for medical examiners and coroners to be expansive in their interpretation of which deaths qualify as uh, COVID deaths. Uh, so that's what he says. Um, I mean, obviously I, I think it was, I don't think it was mishandled. I think it was handled by and large exactly how it was planned. Um, and I do, I mean, I do think it was planned and obviously he doesn't talk about the planning exercises or the DARPA involvement or any of kind of darker shit, right? Which would bring it more into a fringe, I guess, role. But so on the conspiracy thing, I actually, so it's funny, I actually played one of Michael Parenti's um, lectures to some of my students a couple months back. Um, so I actually have parts of it transcribed and I just wanted to read just a tiny little, like a couple sentences. This is from, um, I think it's called Conspiracy and Class Power. And it's a lecture that he gave in the nineties, I think maybe early nineties. I'm pretty sure it was Ron Kind of Green posted um, like the full lecture and it's 
great. Like everybody needs to go listen to it. It's like prophetic. Um, it's like an hour long. Um, I think it was in Berkeley actually. And um, anyway, yeah, people should listen to the whole thing, including his son <laughs> should maybe re-listen. Um, but it just, I think this kind of ties together the, the whole point about um, like, was it conspiratorial uh, with like kind of your comments about how he's not really, um, what did you say, say, Kenny, about how it's, it's, he's not really giving like a clear picture of the capitalist system or like accounting for the capitalist system, um, at least as we understand it. Um, as well as like the, I don't know, I would say like overemphasis of Trump derangement syndrome. Okay, so um, so this is just a couple sentences from Michael Parenti um, on conspiracy. So institutional arrangements may have unintended effects, but if the arrangements are serving explicit interests, how really unintended are the effects? Larger institutional forces are directed by conscious human agency and those agencies use conspiratorial forces or non-conspiratorial forces, and the conspiratorial forces are important. They're not rare exceptions. They are systemic in their nature and in their output. The concern with conspiracy and assassination, so obviously he wrote about, he wrote a lot about, you know, JFK's assassination. Um, so the concern with conspiracy and assassination is not a manifestation of Camelot yearnings, it's not a search for lost messiahs or father figures. It's not an immature kooky idea. It is the angry realization that state power is used in gangster ways by gentlemen gangsters who defend imperialism and the national security state. Concern about these issues is not gullibility. It's not irrational yearnings for lost leaders, but it's an expression of public concern about the nature of our government. The angry criticism there's a name for that, and that is called democracy. And let's have more of it. So that's a little bit from his lecture. Had you read me those words back when we were talking Jeffrey Epstein, I would have changed my manner. <laughs> 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 wow. I think I'll take that. I'll be a conspiracist <laughs> anytime. <laughs> no, I think that's important. You want to go, Eduardo? I was going to, to say some stuff. No, go ahead. That was that was just. Oh. Okay. Um, well, first off, here's before I go on. I guess I want to have a question. Do you feel like, do you feel like this article creates a gateway for people from the left who are who are have lost their minds a bit and who may be coming to a sense that they're uneasy? Do you think this provi provides a gateway towards us, or do you feel it's attempting to seal something off? I guess I'd have a question. Oh, you're um, here. Yeah, just just your sense. Like, is this does this article present us an opportunity to draw people who otherwise we wouldn't hear from, or do you feel like it sort of walls things off at a time when the thing's kind of like cracking? Is that that's one question I might have, and then I, I want to say something more. But. I mean, I hope it's a bridge. I think there's enough substance here. Like, I I don't know. I mean, I. Uh, grab right onto the critiques and what he doesn't say and the assumptions and blah 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 but no I mean I think I think it's a good article I like I said I think it's a good article I think people should read it I mean I don't know I don't know how you guys feel but like I'm gonna send this to my parents like and I hardly ever send them anything I don't think they'll read it like I don't think they'll read it if I could get them to read it I think it would be a bridge but I think it's more like that initial step of like wanting to read 
anything that challenges their worldview. Not just the parents picking what, on them. <laughs> what are you thinking? Uh, yeah. Well, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, just. No, no, it's fine. I, I, I think it can be, if it's followed with discussion, you know, and um, it can be useful, but I think it just by itself, it, it actually, I, I see a dead end. You know the dead end of reformist politics. You know we just had to we just have to get people that care and do the right sort of the right kind of politics. You know rather than you know a complete uh, break. You know of the belief in this system because I think that's what I, that's what people need to do. The more disillusioned with this system that they are, you know, the better chances are to construct and, and sprout that thing that you were saying, Lipson. You know, then, you know, and I do think it, it, it takes discussion of people that, you know, like, that are, you know, they want to go further than what the article goes, you know, because it, it, to me, it's not a small thing. The whole fourth industrial revolution in China in, in, in contextualizing that with Ukraine and also like something else that I would throw to uh, Christian Parenti mm -hmm. is, you know, maybe read some Fabio Biggie, <laughs> you know, like. So some, you know, the economics of this, right? We've looked at different angles of, of this subject, you know, like I didn't expect it to be this complex, but, you know, if you want to understand that you have to look at all these things that, that do um, interplay with each other, you know, they're not disconnected. And so that's what I'm giving the, 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 the hope that there is a follow-up article, you know, to complement because I agree, this, is, this article in itself is long, and it's hard to, you know, uh, follow maybe for someone who's new to this, um, and especially in these times where like most of us don't have the attention span because, you know, we're fucked with our, you know, devices and stuff. But, um, but I do see uh, the, the danger of the dead end of, of always, you know, falling into the hands of the Democratic Party. The lesser well, he actually said, I listened to Christian Parenti interview, interviewed by Max Blumenthal like right after this was published, he had him on his like podcast panel. Um, and at the very end, Max asked him, I think, cause people were probably asking in the chat or whatever, like kind of some of the sentiment of uh, what I think we're dancing around. And he flat out said, like, I'm not worried about this whole fourth industrial revolution thing. Like he said the words, um that he really sees it he's more concerned about i think he said like social control and like the mechanisms of social control which obviously there's a huge fucking overlap in terms of the fourth industrial revolution and social control but um i don't think we're gonna see well we might see a follow-up article but i don't think we're gonna see the kind of one that we want um, there's no follow-up based on that like i was very shocked at how no, you just like shut that question down. I was like, <laughs> Max is just sitting there, like, okay. So I don't know. What do you think, Adorda? You said uh, Christian said that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. I I was thinking about how well to answer Andy's question. Just oh, it's hard to think. It's hard to um imagine what would be the response i'm just i think the way i see it is i see progressives like my neighbor and former supervisor john avalos <laughs> and then i think of nice um toasty democrat liberal folks that i know that are my friends that just 
voted for Hillary Clinton and then voted for Bernie Sanders and then decided to vote for Biden. I don't know if that group, the Democrats, the established sort of the believers in the establishment would change with this article. I, I just think they wouldn't. I think progressives potentially would change internally, but I don't think they would be honest. Or there would be something either in two ways, either one, it would destroy some things about them that they'd have to confront. For example, their union standing by the not reopening of schools. They would feel as if accepting this would also then undermine their union work because they would have gotten it wrong and they, wouldn't, they would lose the public's trust and the whole recall here in San Francisco and recalls of the school board around many of the states, they would then like, wouldn't, they would lose that, that, that support from, from the public if they ever decided to, to accept this. I, so I think they would be dishonest with the people. Now, I think there are other people who I would send this to, and I'm not going to say a name here. Certain friends would accept, would know, this internally, they would say, okay, yeah, there's something going on, but they have so much to change that they would not want to admit they were wrong about it the entire time. And I think people's egos get in the way. And that is the problem with, with like, on here on what's left, as I have said many times, looking back at episodes, I've cringed at looking, but I have put my life out here for everyone to see how I've evolved from the time we did this in 2018 to today. And it does, and Andy and I have had conversations like these before, where it does take something to be honest. And it, takes, it does take modesty. It does take humbleness. I have been wrong so many times. I have changed so many times before this public, before whoever, like the 30 people who watch us <laughs> or the 100 people from podcasts, like whatever. It, I have changed. And it, it's cringy. I don't like it. But if I could use my life as an example, and I'm not saying I'm like, Ooh, you know, but, and I certainly don't think I'm enlightened or anything like that. I just think that I'm honest and I don't know. And I do know. And then I'm certain. And then I'm uncertain. And then, and that takes something for people and people don't, they don't do that. And you have to do that. So if this would be sent to answer your question, Andy, if this would be sent to someone, they have to be willing to be honest and they have to be willing to be wrong and they have to be willing to really be authentic. But other than that, I don't see how people would change because it really does take for you to evolutionize. And there are scientists, there are scientists who have changed. I was listening to someone who was on a mainstream on Vox um, this mainstream media, and, and they were saying how about masks, and she was saying how at first she was pro max pro masks, and now she's anti-masker, and she's like, I'm considered an anti-vaxxer, and I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but I've changed my position, and it that takes something, and no one's that 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 has to do with a lot of things, you know. So I just I don't know to to go back to your question, it's just. I will still give this to so many people, but I really do think fundamentally there has to be a willingness from people. There has to be a willingness from people. That's what comes up as I'm thinking about the question. It's hard to know sometimes too, like what will hit. 
like I one thing I mean this is a small thing but I I really did appreciate his little thing on tenure I mean obviously as a professor Mm. that's you know very uh close to home but I really wonder like what some of my colleagues would think reading that section about (laughs) the way that you know, cheering on these policies is basically like just because it's all we talk about all day long. Like, oh my God, they're taking away all the tenure positions, adjunctification. Um, but yeah, I think you're right, Eduardo, that there's a a certain like openness and humility that really has to be like your foundation in order to take in any, you know, contrary information or call out like however it's delivered. And you know what? Oh, go ahead. And... Just on that topic of honesty, like, you know, I don't know, like, necessarily, I don't know this person. I don't know much about his writings, Christian Parenti. Uh, I'll definitely read more now that I know that he's <laughs> his dad. Um, but I'm not saying that he's dishonest. I think, you know, like, I, I don't know enough. But, you know, having said that, you know, same with people, right? Like a lot of people I did think acted out of, out of, you know, honesty, you know, out of fear, out of, you know, true caring, you know, like I don't want to shame anybody that changes their their, their mind. Um, you know, I would hope that that's why I wanted to reassess, right? Like where, where we stand with this, right? Because, you know, to some people like the vaccine pass- passports are not present, right? As much as they used to, but I guess it takes honesty. And so I would, just like I told you, Eduardo, like you get the benefit of the doubt. You know, people I know get the benefit of the doubt. You know, they acted in good faith. Dr. Fauci does not get the fucking benefit of the doubt. You know, and people like Joe Biden, you know, not uh, London Breed in this fucking city, not, not uh, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California. These motherfuckers did this in full knowledge. You know, like they did not, they, they, they were not, they did not make honest mistakes. Fuck them. This is what I would hope that this article gets people to do, to be fucking angry at the people that misled them. You know, because like, again, I would, I would give my neighbor the benefit of the doubt, but, but fuck those elected officials or the people that took people's good faith, manipulated it and pinned us against each other. Well, I mean, even Christian Parenti in that interview I mentioned, he said at the beginning of all this, like he was straight up like, sanitizing his groceries and like everything um so yeah i mean i think it's helpful to hear as many examples of people like changing their mind as as possible um yeah i mean i didn't learn really anything from this article like it doesn't say anything that we here didn't already know but i guess you can't know like you know two plus years like there's still people who are realizing like oh wait you know maybe the second booster is their line and that's when you know or the third like you know I don't know we're all in different places like if I was like 22 you know I think I would have acted very differently you know Kenny when you say that when you say that you don't give benefit. I think there are going to be people who are going to hesitate. And the best way to counter people's hesitation and what really got me to see what people knew, they, they, they really did know and they were being uh, 
they were just lying to us is when you saw Gavin Newsom go to the French Laundry or AOC go to the Met Gala and no mask. <laughs> and when Obama was having his birthday, I think at Martha Stewart or something and Boris Johnson in the UK, you know, go having these secret parties. So these are the people in the know about how dangerous, how, you know, and, and here they are doing the opposite. So I think before, if I had heard you say like, oh, they, I, I, I wouldn't, I, I don't know, maybe I'm, I was, I was very stupid and naive in the very beginning of this, if people want to look back at those episodes, but then it's like, why are they doing this? Why are they so able to go and our kids, my nephew can't go back to school, you know, our kids and my nephew is fine, but a lot of kids in the mission district and the families, they're not fine. They're, and, and the article clearly says lockdowns kill. You know, we had more people in 2020 here in San Francisco alone die from overdose than from COVID. And that's serious. If you're not with people and you're not actually socializing people, do things that, you know, to alleviate that stress, to be able to, to not have that, that, that life amongst people or social animals, you know? And so I, I, I um, so back to your comment, Kenny, you know, people, they did know if they were able to go to French Laundry without masks and private parties and do all these things and AOC going to that Met Gala. So I'm just thinking, oh my goodness. <laughs> well, listening to, to you all talk has shaken a little bit my confidence about this article as a, as a potential like little baby step, you know? Um, I think the discussion of or Eduardo, listening to you talk about honesty and Kenny talk about honesty because I don't, Christian Prenti here is not being honest. I have to be clear. I, 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 it's very hard for me to, I mean, okay. It's hard for me to know where dishonesty and just being essentially a political child is. And the left has been like a political infant, like, like has no knowledge of anything of the world. Apparently the nightmare scenario at the end of this article is the election of the Republican Party, right? That's 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 the this guy doesn't agree with the Fourth Industrial Revolution, but oh my God, look what's going to happen now because the Democrats have screwed it up. We might get the Republic. Am I supposed to like? Are you kidding me? Like you are. I, it, it is kind of like. So I don't really know, uh, and but I would say my personal sense is I have seen. In my own socialist organization, I've seen within the union, I've seen on the left, I've seen the revolutionary left, in the radical left, I've seen a, a culture of toadyism, of sick, of sycophantry, of people kissing up to people who they think are above them. And I think, honestly, that's kind of what Christian Parenti is trying to do. He's trying to be nice. He's trying to be nice to the he knows his audience loves the Democratic Party. He knows his audience loves some of these things. He doesn't want to accuse them, these, these things, these institutions of literally having a diabolical attempt to, to kill them and wants to say, hey, they, they might not have known what they were doing. So you can still listen to me. And he's trying to hold, hold that posture while leveling a critique. So he because he wants to stay in their good graces. And, and I'm familiar with that. I'm familiar with kissing the ring of the national of people in, in leadership before you criticize them. You know, so I'm going to I'm going to praise you and then I'm going to make a little small critique of you. Um, and that that is just toadyism, which has nothing to do with changing the world. Um, so I still think we should probably do a little experiment and send it to some left people and see if it does anything. Um, 
I think Jeff Stahl listens to this. I think he's going to be so pissed at me for even thinking that this article uh, might be something good because he's going to be like, this, this, this is trash. Um, but um, <laughs> when, he, when he says like the first time I had COVID, I was like, what? Yeah. but, but honestly, I did, I did not give him credit for when he said um, when he talked about tenure, because remember what he said in that was he first said, and there are a bunch of people who lost their jobs due to, vac- to, the, to the vaccine thing. And even worse from that, there are people losing tenure. I was like, <laughs> yeah, he said it that way. <laughs> he said it like that way. And it's like, dude, I'm sorry. There are students getting vaxxed and workers getting vaxxed and being forced to be vaccinated. I'm sorry. What's happening to their bodies is a lot worse than you possibly losing tenure. And he doesn't see it that way because he said it in the article, you know, and that's just, that's just that posture of a person who is trying to say something that I have to, I don't know if I can give him credit, but I'll at least say, at least he understands that the left has been taking the wrong position, but he ain't going to lead him out of it. Um, I'll, I'll say that he, he might open a little door that other people go through and we're going to have to do the rest of that work. Um, but I'm now, this, this discussion has made me feel more like, I don't know, this guy, there's a lot of cowardice in this article, unfortunately, even, even as it makes a claim about the left um, that I agree with. Um, so um, I'm not sure that's the most important point. And I guess the, the last thing I'll say is he might not believe it, but he is a reformist. And, and no, the, thing that, the thing that got the left, the revolutionary left into this problem is the fact that it is, it's embrace of reformism. It's embrace of thinking that it can take that state and make it something better in the, in the short term or the long term or whatever, all of that has set us up to be played at this moment and to build, to put us in a situation where the, where the left was primed to be in solidarity with the forces of the state when we were threatened with our own lives and we fell for it. Uh, I guess, um, I just wanted to add that, uh, I guess one last point about the article is that you know, you two were talking about trying to send it to people. Like, again, personally, like, I'm exhausted of that. You know, like, at this point, I'm not trying to convince anybody. You know, I've made my arguments. We've recorded the shows, right? We, we've been consistent and we've evolved with this um, because we've added complexity. <laughs> like, I didn't know it was going to take us to these branches and how they all connect. And so I am done trying to convince people, sure, if you want to read this, whatever. Um, but th- th- something that f- it fails, again, in this article is that it-, it makes it about those arguments, about trying to convince somebody, it- it, you know, in- 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 in about life and death, was- was- were death really counted? Because I-, I-, I do, I mean, I understand that's important, right, for the whole, understand the whole premise of this bullshit. But we need to understand fundamentally that this is about pillage. You know, these whole last two years have been about pillage. It's about, you know, squeezing those families that you just mentioned Eduardo, in the mission. You know, the families that I was working with the, the first year of this pandemic, right, who have paid the brunt and they're still trying to, you know, get on their feet from that fucking, you know, squeeze. You know, it's about connecting their kids, right, to these fucking systems of the future. So it's about continued pillage. It's about the evolution or fucking, you know, of this system, you know. And so, 
yes, you can understand all these details, but if you don't fucking understand that this is about capitalism, and if you don't want to dive into how capitalism works and wrestle it with your, you know, like on your own, because I can try to tell you my shit, but no, you have to come up with your own thing, with your understanding. And we can, and then we'll have an autopsy collectively, you know, because that's the irony of this article that he talks about, right? Like how uh, forensic uh, people will give you different answers, right? Uh, for uh, how someone died if they had multiple uh, illnesses, you know, but what I'm telling you is that capitalism is a cancer that, that, that involves all, you know, everything. It's not just one thing or the other. It, it, and it's a cancer that, like we've argued, is going to end in war. It's going to involve all of us. You know, and, and so we're going to pay the price. And so, again, this article fails to, 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 to demonstrate that, to argue that. And, and that's why I'm like... Um, very skeptical as, as to, to the idea that it can be used to direct people into more radical side um, because I think because of his approach, being too fucking nice, being too kind, being a coward, and I agree with that, Lipson, being a coward because I think he's choosing his fucking um, career at this point on that, now, you know, I, it's true. You know, he wants to hold that position, you know, because you know, otherwise he would have lost friends a while back. <laughs> you know, he and I don't know where he was, but my point is that I know I don't. I I I feel somewhat vindicated because I was like, yeah, we were arguing this shit. We've we talked about this shit, but uh, it's just a finger wag at this point to hold his own power in a way. But I don't know. I guess I'm just uh, not very optimistic. Um, in, you know, in like that understanding of socialism, that was the first thing that pissed me off because that is the dominant understanding. I, I really don't know many people that are revolutionary, like, you know, and understand the system enough. I'm not pretending like I know it all. Hell no. I'm still learning. I'm still, you know, I have to wrestle with more things. And actually COVID, these last two years have taught me so much how this system actually works because I didn't know shit and I was a political child and I'm still trying to grow up. I was just thinking about the, what I think both Andy and Kenny kind of touched on um, in terms of like the, the worst outcome. And what did you say, Andy? Like the, the, you know, in this framework, like the worst outcome is Republican party <laughs> takes back over. And I think, isn't that like the Chris Hedges kind of, argument too of like now there's going to be like another trump but this one will be like worse because he'll be smart and he won't he won't mishandle it um and it's just i mean i i again i love chris hedges i learned a lot from from his books over the years and it's just totally deplatformed as well but i mean it's just at this point the left right and i know one of the framing questions that you provided I think Kenny was like well what does the left even mean right like that's another kind of theme that we keep coming back to and I mean it, it does feel in in so many ways so obsolete and I just like yeah Trump Trump, Trump fucked with people's minds like 
for sure. Like I've seen it in my own friends and family, like before I was like something happened in 2016 and they can't like, they cannot get off that train. I don't know what it is, but I mean, come on, like what Obama did in, in Libya, in Syria, um, let's go all the way back to Occupy, right? Like Obama fucking bulldozed that shit. Like I was there, I saw it happen. The left is not pro-worker. Like the establishment left has never been, like it didn't just change because of Trump or because of COVID. And I mean, Trump, like you, let's conspire, conspire, right? Like let's look at the WikiLeaks leaks. Let's look at Hillary Clinton's emails. Like Trump was basically handpicked by the Democrats. It's the same, you know, left wing, right wing. It's the same fucking bird. Like, it's a vulture. <laughs> it's going to eat your dead, brainless body. I just, I don't know. Like, the conclusions that people like this draw, it's just, it's bad times. <laughs> Wait, did you actually make that up? Left wing, right wing. <laughs> I've never heard that before. She just heard said, it's the same, same bird, but she said it's a vulture. <laughs> Same bird. Same bird. Same bird. That's refreshing for sure for me. (laughs) The metaphor? Okay. Good. I mean, it's what what you're saying just reminds me of what I remember I was driving to Somewhere on 19th, I was driving and Andy had called me and we were talking. This is what, 2020, I think. I don't remember. Well, we were talking and I was driving and something hit me. And I said to Andy, you know, for much of, you know, we we criticize the police, but they're workers. They're just collaborating with the state. I mean, they're working for the state, but then the state is also going to just screw them over just the same but they don't so they're 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 workers and and then we talked about teachers and then do you remember that conversation Andy and then I said to you they remind me of the police do you know they remind me of the police they're they are now and 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 uh and Christian says it here too that you know COVID lockdown stopped most of the the 2018 when we covered it you know, the 2018 strike, the teacher strike, we even had, I think, three teachers, four teachers, but one of the interviews didn't get through. Uh, we had four teachers we interviewed on here on what's left. And I and I like those uh, yellow light colored living room, Andy's place on Shotwell Place, uh, interviews that we did with my phone that didn't last very long. We did 15 minute segments every time. <laughs> Do you remember that kid? at a time and it would drop. <laughs> 20 minutes, drop. That was our tech back then, you know? <laughs> so if people look back at that, it's horrible. But those are real conversations that we had with teachers. Back in uh, 2018, we had conversations with Kenny where we squeezed each other up in that couch, <laughs> all of us together. So, you know, here we, and then, so that was the 2018 teacher strikes. And then all of a sudden we are seeing how teachers are saying, go to your screens and we'll protest from there. You know, so some unions, no, most unions were collaborating with the state for 
forcing workers to get vaccinated or be fired. You're supposed to take care of workers as a union. You're supposed to be there and say, they don't want this. We're not going to do something against workers. We're not going to, you know, and I know many, we know many workers that are still in hiding or just quiet in, in the district that are unvaxxed. And they don't, they, they're too afraid because they know their union is not going to protect them. You know, so, so, I, so, so I'm just thinking of how much this left, so-called left, has collaborated with the state. And it used to be, used to be the criticism towards the Democrats. Now I see, you know, all of the people who consider themselves to be so W-O-K-E, woke. This is to some people, if they ever listen to this, maybe I'll just copy or whatever, cut this section and then paste it, the video part of this on my um, Facebook to, to load so that people can see it. But there are people who have had these social media wars, debates, whatever, that I kind of feel like I've lost two hours of my time during those days. But these are real people. They aren't people that I don't know. They And I've discussed things and they've always said, there's no abuse of power. COVID is COVID. But I I, I had hard I had a hard time proving that these policies, these, this legislation was being used against workers. And if we just see Title 44 or Title 45, the one that is being used against immigrants coming into the country because of COVID, now with the Ukrainian immigrants coming through, now they're letting them in. We can talk about the difference in how they're being treated versus other workers. But the point is, Suddenly, COVID isn't the issue to let these Ukrainians into it because COVID was never the issue. It was just a way to stop workers from entering the country. It was just abuse of power. It was abuse from the CDC. It was abuse. That's what they did. These emergency powers did. And that's what the left has been collaborating with. So I just thought of that because it's like, Jesus, everyone was believing that these COVID policies were there to protect us, but they were used specifically what they were meant to do to deter workers from movement, to to keep us, you know, uh, censored, and to also keep learn teach us how to obey more. But I'm just thinking of that now because that's just what we're seeing at the border right now. And I'm I'm you know I put my 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 ears, you know, as them towards that community, the immigration movement, because I always think about what's happening at the border and Title 44 or Title 45, I forget which one is the one that is, you know, didn't mean anything. It wasn't about COVID. It was never about COVID. It was uh, Title 42 on the expulsions at the border, by the way. I just wanted to correct that. I said 44, I was 42. It's less than 40% of the Ukrainians that are vaccinated, by the way, just thinking about immigration policies. Right. They were one of the countries that wasn't very pro-vaccines, uh, right? But we're the Nazis. <laughs> Not saying refugees are. <laughs> well, uh, first off, I haven't, I kept them forgetting to say this, but this is actually our 202nd episode. I don't know if you know that. We've had 202 episodes. Um, so we've been doing this for a while now. Um, oh, I wish I could bake a cake for you guys. <laughs> not my 200th episode. But... You can do a digital cake. <laughs> Metaverse cake. That's right. That's so lame. <laughs> oh, me, well, those, in the 
ones and zeros are delicious. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I am the, my sense of confidence around what this article can do um, is fading. Um, Cause I do think this, the two things we talked about of being honest and having courage are it, this article is lacking both of those things. And you can't, you can't get out of this without that. And I mean, Eduardo and I have had so many different discussions and so many arguments. Um, but I, like I always said to you, Eduardo, the one thing I've always appreciated is your honesty. You don't move goalposts. You don't move things around. Like you just, you stay where you stay in your lane. You say, you haven't moved me from this. So sorry, I'm not going to change my mind. Um, I change my mind, but you don't change my mind. It's the events that happen in my life. That yeah, but, shake me. yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but you don't, you like you're, you are firm in that. And, and that's why, so for me, you know, you, Christian Perendi can write this large article, but what you have to say about all this is really much more valuable and much more insightful um, than, than anything, this guy who's written a bunch of books. And, you know, so I, I think I've kind of shifted from thinking that this was something we'll see, you know, maybe this is just maybe, and I really appreciate what Kenny, what you said is, he said that an autopsy can have like so many different ways of looking at it. And maybe his, uh, his reading of this autopsy is itself an expression of the continued death spiral of the left as it refuses to give up its hold on the Democratic Party, its belief in reformism, and its belief that the state can be used as a tool to help ourselves. And when it's constantly being used as a weapon against us. So, um, and this guy, Christian Parenti, who wrote books on the police way back when in South America, I don't know if he ever knew it, but he seems to have forgotten it. And I guess now his big thing is Alexander Hamilton. This one, I just didn't want to end the episode without one other major thing, at least for me in terms of like providing evidence and a clear, uh, I don't know, tra tracking, you know, um, what's happened is, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think he ever touches on the fact that the PCR test is worthless as a diagnostic tool. Nope. And so all of these numbers that he's providing, and I know he he critiques the way that the numbers are presented and, and everything, but you know, I, I really think that PCR question is so fundamental to understanding like how the how this has been carried out because it underpins every I mean not everything there's there's other types of tests but the majority especially back in 2020 and 2021 um you know it's just it's just crazy that like that's when we say that number of cases like it it's meaningless it's totally meaningless so I think that should have at least been acknowledged um if only briefly but again maybe that gets too close to conspiratorial right because you look at what happened to carrie mullis and and all of this so i don't know i, I the other thing i wanted to mention too um his christian parenti's wife wrote um an interesting article back in 2021 also for the gray zone i don't know this family just turns out writing i guess but um she wrote a an article about women, um, women's menstrual cycles in relationship to vaccine adverse reactions. 
um, which I found to be, I mean, it's been a while since I read it, but I found that to be a much raver, I suppose. I mean, not that it doesn't have its shortcomings, I'm sure. Um, but I think, you know, if you're looking for a piece that actually, I don't know, might lead somebody to draw some, you know, better or at least more provocative um, conclusions, I think that's another one to to look at. Maybe I'll send it so we can link it. And uh, and then one other thing as we're ending and wrapping up, I just heard of last week, a naturopathic doctor is um, being prosecuted for uh, having given out 200 vaccination cards uh, without, you know, for, for not having, for without, with that for folks that were not actually vaccinated. So I just think she's just, she's, you can't, it's very scary to live here. <laughs> I think that's kind of a, shows that, you know, this thing is not dead, you know, like at least I'm, I believe that it's not, I'm, I'm still in my guard up, you know, like I started earlier saying that obviously I did have to get vaccinated for my own reasons and, and I ended up getting the Johnson and Johnson, but like that was obsolete, like <laughs> three months after getting vaccinated. And, you know, now I have people who said, fuck it, hell no, but they're gonna face that, uh, the challenges that we face, you know, I guess when, when I was still on that boat, and I, I, I'm still on that boat. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, like I got a vaccine, got me to Canada, came back, I'm still vaccinated according to, you know, full vaccination bullshit. And so this thing is still here, still coming, still moving in the background. You know, there's a lot of people who are still fighting or, or in their own ways. And, you know, and, you know, we'll see if we get more people to join, right? Um, and uh, I guess, you know, it doesn't hurt to try, you know, to send this article out and see what people think. Mm -hmm. But I do think it um, has to be followed up with, you know, discussion and like, at least personally, some like empathy, I guess, you know, like to understand that, you know, it, it, this is not a small thing to understand. I couldn't have understood this without this show, you know, without all the people that we've talked to, without all the discussions, all the agreements, disagreements. Um, so it's not easy, you know, to, to look at the full picture, you know, and obviously some, I, I don't know, again, Christian Parenti, uh, I do agree there is lack of courage. Um, I still don't know about the dishonesty. Well, I guess because he's protecting himself, but um, I, again, just to reiterate, I do think my, masses of people acted in good faith, you know, and, and, and so, you know, it just goes to show how, to, to how dishonest these people that lead this world, you know, are. You know, because they're willing to manipulate our good nature. You know, our 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 a sense of care for each other. You know, to for their ends, and and, and that's what sucks here. You know, because I, but I hope we can meet. You know, again with the people that disowned us, right, <laughs> or like have uh, at some point. But you know, the, the the cost is still is already there. You know, for a lot of us who decided to try to be as honest as we could. You know, and and so, like, I I want to thank you all for that. You know, because like, otherwise this would have been super. 
isolating, right? Like it, it, it was already, it's been, it is. And so like, I couldn't have done this. That's why I'm, I want to work to be here. You know, like this is therapy for me. Just on the thing about Christian Parenti, maybe like trying to protect himself. Um, I believe he has a really young child. So, you know, if we want to talk about the ways in which this isn't over and it's not yet time for an autopsy, maybe, even though I do think we should constantly be reevaluating re our, you know, um, understanding and perspective. Like one of the ways that it's going on, right, is they're coming for the, the children. I mean, they they won't quit. Like it doesn't matter how many times the child vaccine shit gets um, rejected because it's not efficacious enough or whatever. Um, they keep coming back and it's only a matter of time before. I mean, they want that, you know, um, they want that liability shield. And so they have to get it on the childhood vaccine schedule. Um, so I don't think that that fights, you know, it's far from over. There's workers in New York who I think are facing firing just within the upcoming week. Um, and then Shanghai, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's so not over. And, and like you said, Kenny, um, I actually, the thing about, um, you know, you're not even fully vaccinated anymore. Um, I, I have to fill out, as you guys know, I have to fill out this, uh, what do they call it? Attestation every day for work still. <laughs> um, and I notice I don't usually read it cause you know, just click through it every day. Um, yes, I'm still unvaccinated. No, I am not sneezing today. Um, but I know I just, for some, something made me stop and read it, um, the other day and I noticed it said, so it's like, do you, the first question is, do you have proof of being fully vaccinated? And it says fully vaccinated means having received all required vaccine doses within the most recent two months for J and J two months or five months, Moderna and Pfizer or a vaccine booster dose within the most recent five months. Um, and I don't know how long it has said that. I don't think that's what it originally said, but it's like, like shorter and shorter and shorter. It, like, Get ready because it's, I just don't think it's stopping. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think so. You know, as we've discovered, it's not just about the vaccines, right? You know, like for kids, you know, it's about like literally their mental health, their humanity, as we've talked, you know, even if the vaccine sees, you know, the, I, I fear, uh, no, I, I am pretty sure they're going to find other ways to guide us into that funnel, you know, of like the fourth industrial revolution, identities, you know, digital identities and, you know, data mining and all that. And so even if this stops, you know, it's not, I'm not just fighting the vaccine. And that's what I, you know, I think people need to understand. I you were going to say something, Kenny, about how Christian was living up to his father, something like that. No, I mean, I don't know. I, I just, uh, well, I guess if people don't know who Michael Parenti is, you know, Jessica, you, you talked about him, you know, go listen to what he has to say about the world, you know, and, you know, see if it makes sense, if it explains things and you'll be surprised. And, and then, Again, it's just, again, this kid, right? Again, it's not his fault, I guess. Like, you don't have to be your parent. Yeah. But but uh, he definitely does not, I don't think he understands the world. Uh, you know, I I don't. I do think that that label that Lipson used, like a 
political child, you know. So, it, it, but it also brings up the point to me though that I, I don't want to revere anybody. Everywhere, nobody's beyond reproach, like, you know, political reproach. Like we're not a hundred percent, you know, we've gotten shit wrong. Lipson has retracted. I'm a hundred percent. That's another topic. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, like we're not, you know, we've gotten some shit that's not complete, right? You know, like it takes shots in the dark, right? Like guesses, hypotheses, and, and you know, honesty to retract if you're completely fucking out of the, you know, like, uh, that's what this work takes. That's what, like, just like I agree with Lipson, that's what it's going to take to change the world. And that's why I appreciate you guys here. And that's why people don't fucking like us <laughs> because mm -hmm. we, we are the bearers of bad news. You know, like a lot of people don't even want to fucking talk to me anymore because I'm just not going to be agreeable. <laughs> I'm not, you know, and, but I, again, you know, I'm inspired by Rosa Luxemburg, you know, who wasn't perfect either, but wrote a lot of great things, you know. And so I'm not saying like, like Michael Parenti is not useful. Read people, but have your own ability to critique. Don't just follow, you know, people blindly. Nobody, you know, not Cornell West, not, um, you know, not... Tom uh, Chomsky. No, I'm, hell no, no. I'm well, a lot, a lot of people describe Parenti as sort of a welcome corrective to Chomsky, like pre-COVID. And again, definitely post-COVID too. To me, you gotta do your own, you know, uh, you I believe that you have to be your own intellectual. You know, you have to believe in yourselves and in your ability to, you know, understand the world, criticize in anybody, nobody, there's no gods to me, like intellectual gods. And like, that is the, the sad part, you know, like, and, and I was there at some point, just like you, Jessica, Chris Hedges, you know, and now I've seen, as I understand more, I see, okay, this is where I disagree, but it doesn't mean that he's completely wrong on everything. You know, there are parts of everyone that I'm like, okay, I can see that, I can see that, but like, I'm trying to have a full picture and it requires being critical of everyone. You know, fucking Marx is not a god. You know, like he was a person who was also trying to, you know, get a hypothesis and, and you know, and yeah. But obviously, if you're trying to understand the world through what people tell you it is, that's a fucking problem because we end up with the, the COVID narrative. No gods, no masters. <laughs> yes. But before uh, people get too far away from somebody worth listening to, do remember that next week, Allison McDowell is gonna be here. So we talk about uh, digital cash transfers in Mexico. Um, and actually, I think it'll be good to have her here because she's actually been dealing with some criticism of people saying, oh, she's putting herself up there like this, you know, person who needs to be followed. And I was like, no, mostly what she says is, this is what I see the world coming. Do y'all want that? <laughs> it's like that's what she's asking you know and it's like okay you want it here it comes or if you don't want it well what are we going to do um and i believe that sh the things that she's talking about are going to help people much more understand the world that's coming that's being put into construction in front of us um what we do about it i think a lot of us are wondering that question um and uh so i think that also is going to start what I hope will be a theme that Eduardo and I have talked about of talking about Mexico, um, Mexican revolution, things like that. Um, but I think uh, the, the, the interview next week is going to be talking about 
Mexico right now being used as a kind of a political laboratory, an economic laboratory for the fourth industrial revolution. Um, and we, we've seen that in many places. We've seen it in India, and Africa, but I think this particular story, um, I think people should, people listening to this episode, if you're gonna listen next week, you should li- read Christian Parenti's article and then we're gonna come back next week and listen to Alison McDowell talk about what's going on in Mexico and compare like what they're describing, the world that they're describing and ask yourself, which one do you think is really in play? But I, Kenny, I was glad you, I'm glad you disposed to read this article. And actually this discussion has kind of shifted me a little bit on like <sighs> the value of it. I was a little more hopeful that this might be some sign of life in the left, but maybe I'm not as hopeful right now. Can I sh- okay. left? Like uh, that's the rhetorical question. <laughs> what is the left? Still nothing. Uh, can I just share that I went to the San Francisco Symphony on Sunday, and it was about two hundred gay men singing this their, their choir, <laughs> and they had well, just like three people had the masks on in the choir. And I was thinking to myself, why are we having this event? I mean, I'm okay with it, but everyone else who has been wanting to be in lockdowns, how are you supposed to feel comfortable with a bunch of men spitting out, you know, the COVID? <laughs> I mean, I don't care. I'm sure they're quadruple vaccinated, so. <laughs> Maybe. But, you know, as we read in this article, you know, there's no guarantees of even your vaccine so <laughs> i was watching a lot of especially older people there i think just thinking okay i'm good everyone else <laughs> they didn't seem like they cared <laughs> i never care when they want to do something like go to the symphony or go to costco or go on vacation <laughs> i only care when you're trying to just <laughs> right like my teacher friends going out to to bars and restaurants and everything but demanding for kids to be masked <laughs> I, I was going to a giant space wall like 30 40,000 people and COVID didn't exist outdoors remember like when you're drinking and like in these tiny seats next to each other it's only in, in in schools really well, that does it for this week's episode. What's Left is a weekly political podcast last channel challenging the mainstream left. We post information about our topics and our guests on the episode notes will be from this episode or on our blog at what-left.webno.com. Uh, you can find past episodes to this podcast last channel there and connect with us. I remind folks, if you like anything you have heard here, please subscribe, rate, review, turn on your notifications uh, to any of our platforms on Spotify, iTunes, Podcast, Stitcher, Google Play, BitChute, Odyssey, YouTube, Rumble, or Telegram. And if you would like to give us feedback about something you've heard or suggest something for us to cover, contact us through our blog. I'm Eduardo Barca with co-hosts Jessica, Kenny Cepeda, and Andy Lipson. Thank you all very much. And um, we'll put the, the article in the episode notes link. Yeah. Ciao.